Hello everyone and welcome back to yet another episode of the One Touch Podcast. I'm your host Vuyo as always and I'm joined today by my co-host Man Like Jezza over here to discuss Euro 2021 and what to expect from it, transfer news, having gone through the season and uh, looking forward to of course what's to come in the next couple of months before the season starts. So be sure to like, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Um, yeah, and so we can kind of engage uh, with you guys as well. So uh, anyway, how are you doing today, son? The champions! <laughs> the champions! Yes, sir. The best first touch in the podcast. The champions of Europe. You know what I'm saying? This guy, nah, fair play to Chelsea. Obviously, for those who don't know, uh, Jerry is an avid Chelsea fan over there. So, obviously, coming off the Champions League victory against City, it's, it's big for them. You know, it's big <laughs> for them. Biggest club in London. I told no, you this last time. No, of course. No, I mean, it's hard to argue against that, honestly. You, you kinda, you're kind of competing against what? Arsenal, Tottenham, small, small, small clubs. Yeah, them. We're competing against West Ham at the moment. You feel me? So yeah, I mean, as I said, congrats to Chelsea. Um, yeah, a big victory for them. One 0 in the Champions League final against City. But obviously, you know, I feel like what, Pep. What, Pep, what, Pep, what about, like, what about you? What about you? What do you and mean? Your, your European endeavors. How how was how was that? How did you feel? Because I know we talked a little bit after that. Um, I'd rather not talk about United today, bro. Like, <laughs> um, very disappointing, you know, season for us. Obviously, you didn't win anything this season. So, you know, hopefully, um, with Sancho coming in, we can mm. we can build on that. Yeah, going forward, mm. going forward. Yeah. yeah nah, we'll, but... we'll, we'll talk about the little transfers a little later. Exactly, exactly. So sweet, man. Um, without further ado, we're going to head straight into Euro 2021 and what to expect. So, with 11 hosts this Euro campaign, it's, I feel like it's going to bring more drama to the, to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got we've got Germany hosting a game. We've got Spain hosting a game. Scotland, Denmark, Hungary, Romania, Azerbaijan, Russia. So I feel like that's gonna bring a lot more flavor to and drama, as I said, to 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 the tournament. Yeah. And kind of looking at Group A, we've got Italy, Switzerland, Turkey, and Wales in there. What do you what do you think is gonna is gonna progress? I am. Uh, for that group, I feel it's it's Italy and Turkey. Italy and Turkey, yeah. Turkey's Turkey's a lot of people's underdogs this year, or mm-hmm. uh, dark horses. And I can kind of kind of see by their their squad. I had to look it up earlier. They got um, Soyuncu in the back, along with uh, Kabak. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went to Liverpool in January, so that's a solid defense. They also have Demoral from Juventus. I don't know if he's can't can't remember if he's fully fit or not. But they've also got him back there, and then in the midfield they've got Sean Ogle mm-hmm. from Milan, who's had a who had a wonderful season this year. Four goals and nine assists in the in the league, help Milan to that get back into the Champions League spot. Yeah, and then in their front line, yeah, you got they got your boy Yilmaz, the 
Black man like Borak. Yes. So, yeah, they could, they, I wouldn't be surprised if they even finished first in the group above Italy. Right, because, uh, I mean, so the manager, Senor Gunas, will be looking basically to repeat the success of his 2022, sorry, t- 2002 World Cup campaign, mm. in, which, in which he led Turkey to a stunning third place finish, you know. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of, there's a lot to look forward to from this Turkish side. Yeah, and as you said, the Italians as well, no one, it's, I feel like it's hard to write Italy off right now. Yeah. Um, personally, the only, the only thing about them... I wouldn't mm. be worried about is their defense. Since yeah, they, they, exactly. Like, three in the back with uh, Bernucci and Chiellini, just their age. Exactly. At I this mean, point. Yeah, not nah, that. I mean, Chiellini, well above his 30s now, Bernucci as well. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot to, there's a lot of interesting stuff that's going to be happening because Switzerland could also potentially cause a bit of trouble, you know? Definitely. definitely. But um, I feel like I agree with you on, on that Italy-Turkey, you know, progressing. And then quickly moving on to Group B, uh, Belgium, Denmark, Finland, and Russia. Hmm. Who are you two to progress? Belgium has to be the given here. Um, mm-hmm. I'd say Russia, especially with how they did in the World Cup. Right. Um, between them and Denmark, honestly, I, I'd, give, I'd give that little bit of edge to Russia, probably though. Okay, so you've got Belgium and, and Russia coming through. Yeah, I feel like I'll go with Belgium and Denmark because obviously you, the Danish team, as yeah. we all know, we've got Christensen, Yusuf Paulsen, Kasper Schmeichel. You know, it's, they're, it's they're you know, in the midfield. exactly. They, they, they've got a decent team. We've got Hol- Holberg as well, coming off a yeah. good season with with Spurs individually so you know it's going to be entertaining um so so far we've got you've got you said belgium and russia right I'm belgium, going, russia and you've got denmark perfect i'm going yeah i'm going belgium and denmark personally and then group c you've got austria netherlands north macedonia and ukraine who are your picks my picks would be netherlands and ukraine Okay, okay. The only reason I would say Ukraine is because when you look at their squad and the the people they've caught up, you've got, what is it, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten players in that mm-hmm. squad alone that all play for Dinamo Kiev. Right, so, so they've, they've got they, good, they, good chemistry. Yeah, they've been amazing chemistry. Now, when right. they start, uh, that's up to the, uh, it's up to Shevchenko, but especially when you add in the names uh, Zinchenko from City, um, Marlos, Yarmolenko from West Ham. They've got mm-hmm. a pretty decent squad. No, no doubt. Probably, no, no, I mean the most chemistry out of any squad in, in the whole Euros. No, no doubt. Because, I mean, also watching them play under Shevchenko, they look revitalized. Mm. Um, a very young team as well. Team spirit is high, belief, and sprinkling off panache could see you know ukraine really create problems for a lot of these teams so i mean i have to agree with yeah. you by saying the netherlands and ukraine could potentially progress um from that group and then group d we've got croatia czech republic england scotland very enticing stuff very 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 um for me that group has to be england and i wouldn't put it past scotland to be a little surprised. It's, it's a it's a cheeky little group, man. Mm-hmm. 
It's a cheeky little goof. Especially when you look at how um, Scottman have been lining up with a three-back. So they have put McTominay and Kieran Tierney mm-hmm. in that, in that three-back as well and then have uh, Robertson on the wing-back. And they've also got Liam Cooper, who's been doing some good stuff at Leeds this year as well. Right. I mean, yeah, so, so who are you going with? Let's say England and Scotland, but then on Croatia's side, you've got the obvious Luka Modric, mm-hmm. and Rebic has been doing decent for AC Milan this year as well. I'm, I'm going to go with England and Scotland. That's 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 fair. I'm gonna go with um, I'm gonna go with England and Croatia. I'm gonna go with England. Yeah, I mean, I feel like Croatia's experience, you know, is gonna be able to bring them outside out of the group, you know, without yeah. without too much fuss. And uh, quickly moving on to Group E, um, we've got Poland, Slovakia, Sweden, and Spain. Uh, talk us through that group real quick. Ooh, that's a tough one. Depending on, as we know, the whole COVID situation going on on the Spain squad. Mm-hmm. Um, who is it? Llorente, the, the central defender, and Busquets are currently positive. And the rest of the squad are, I think, quarantined at the moment. Um, if they were all healthy, I would pick Spain to get out of there first. Okay. And then, honestly, I would put Sweden. That's okay. I like I like I like the Sweden choice actually. I really I really like that choice. Yeah, um, no, I because... know I know people talk about Poland, but and just because of Lewandowski, but I don't see anybody there. Right. I'm I'm looking forward really to watching Sweden. Yeah. I'm def- I'm definitely looking forward to watching Sweden with, with mm-hmm. Jordan Larson, son of Celtic legend Henrik Larson, who yeah. was in sensational form with Spartak Moscow this last season, netting fifteen goals and offering five assists in the league. I mean, I think there's not a bad opportunity at all to watch him, you know, play at at the highest level. To be fair, so I think I think I agree with you with the Spain Sweden, you know, choice there. And then, don't forget, um, I, uh, Alexander Isak from Sociedad as well. Yes, Isak as well. Seventeen in in the league and two assists, and then very, also very good player, very good player as well. You know, they've got <laughs> Lind- they've, they've got Lindelof, Klusevski. Um, mm-hmm. you know, solid, solid team, solid team. Yeah, definitely. And then, last but not least, <laughs> we've got Group F with Group all with, with all the drama, with all the yeah. drama. So we've got France, Germany, Hungary, and Portugal in Group F. Um, yeah, man. What you What are you thinking about that group? Um, I would doubt put money against anybody trying to bet against France going out of that league out of that group first. Okay. So I feel like that's an easy one for everyone. Uh Germany and Portugal. Um I would say Germany, honestly. Okay. Uh, yeah, when you look at probably the midfield matchups it's gonna be key in that in that yeah, I think I, I think that's fair. I think that's fair. Yeah. But at, at the same time, you know, I, I watched Portugal last night, and obviously, just playing against Israel, not not a big, you know, not a big team mm-hmm. powerhouse. They seem to cruise through the great through the game with a with an easy four four nothing win, and they looked they looked they looked convincing, looked fluid, and you know, 
every every sign kind of looks positive right now for Portugal because, as we all know, they've got Diaz in their back line. He's coming off a phenomenal season at Man- Manchester City, winning the PFA PFA award. Cancelo scored a goal yesterday as well. And not even going to talk about too much, at least talk too much about the midfield with Bernardo Silva, um, Bruno Fernandes, you know what I'm Renato, saying? Renato Sanchez. Renato Sanchez. Exactly, man. It's, it's, it's going to be interesting. So, I mean... I can understand why you'd say France and Germany um, coming out of that group. But you see, the good thing about this tournament, the best third-place teams, I think four, four of the best of the best third-place teams uh, qualify into the next round. So okay. I think even if even if one of Portugal or Germany or France finishes third in their group, they'll, they'll still be able to get through. To get through into the next round. So... Quickly moving on now to who you think the underachievers of the tournament will be. Um, I would say Italy, but I do not know if people expect a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Probably nothing better than the quarterfinal. Okay. Um, but then again, like I said, Portugal might just not make it out of the group depending on how the points match up. Right. So I would put it between Portugal and and Italy, honestly. I think I think that's fair. But at the same time, personally I don't agree. Personally I'm gonna go with the Netherlands. Oh uh, yeah, I was gonna say I was just gonna say that with the, the yeah, Netherlands. Because the, they're they've been trying to play a watch a couple of their friendlies, they've been trying to play a, a three at the back mm-hmm. recently and that just does not work with the personnel that they have and the and the coach that they have. I don't know if he knows much about the personnel and exactly. knows much about what he's doing. To add, up, to add on that as well, that, so they've lost Van Dijk through injury. They've lost Van der Beek through injury as well. So, I mean, and also, this is their first tournament since 2014, by the way. Mm-hmm. They, they, they missed out on Europe and the Euros as well. So, um, everything's kind of disappointing and a direction in the direction of a poor tournament for them, personally at least. Um, but yeah, I mean, I understand why Italy could potentially be underachievers in the tournament. But personally, they're actually my dark horse. Mm. I think. I think having missed out on the twenty eighteen World Cup, they have something. They have a lot to prove this year. Definitely. I think having breezed through qualification as well, they're looking like a very good team under. Mancini, so um, I think I think they'll have a good tournament. Personally, I like the midfield with Locatelli, Jorginho, Barella, and Verratti as well. Mm. Chiro Mobile leading that line, man. I think I think they could potentially cause a lot of trouble for, for some of these teams. Who who you think your dark horse is? Dark horse, uh, yeah, I said uh, probably Turkey. Turkey, yeah. yeah. I think I think that's a fair that's a fair one. That's a fair mm-hmm. one. So, um, yeah, man. And then talking about your top goal scorer of the tournament, who you think who you think is gonna is is gonna lead that that rank? Um, probably either Mbappe or Lukaku. Okay, one of those two. All right, no Harry Kane. Nah. No. Nah. What was that? Yeah, maybe I, I'd see I'd see him in the top five, but I don't see him um, lead, leading it. 
Okay. So you, so you definitely so so that basically means you think Belgium and France are going to go far in the, in the tournament. Oh yeah, yeah definitely. But when you okay. see what Belgium good. have, they um, especially how their midfield has been doing this year. I know I think De Bruyne will miss the first couple games, but still with Yuri Tillemans in there, he's been had an amazing season at Leicester. So him, uh, what else? Mertens feeding Lukaku. So, yeah, no, I hear that. But like tracking back a bit as well, I could potentially see Belgium being underachievers in this tournament, man. Really? Yes, I could because I'm not really, I'm not really convinced of their backline at all. Mm. The backline because who, 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 see who they have? Obviously, they have Toby Alderweireld, very experienced, exactly seasoned veteran. But at the same time, they have the likes of Boyata and man. I'm not so. I'm not sold. I'm, <laughs> really? I'm, I'm really not sold by that back. Really? I mean, yes, I'm not sold at all. So I mean, this is probably a far, a far shot. But I think they could potentially be underachievers in this tournament as well. But at the same time, I do agree with Lukaku potentially being the goal scorer in this tournament for Belgium mm. because I feel I feel like he's the only he's the biggest goal threat. So, yeah, definitely. Exactly. So I think everything will probably be going through him at the end. So it definitely makes sense. And another another one who could really cause trouble if he plays is Giroud. I feel like that's surprising coming from you, honestly. No, no, I, not, I, not, I, 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 no, because I know you. I know. I thought you were going to say that. Honestly, no, because look, we were going to have but, some words, but I, I. I I somewhat agree with you on that. Because look, so the other day, um, France played against Bulgaria. Mm. Easy 3 nothing win. Benzema came off in the first half through an injury. Yeah. And Giroud came on for him and scored two goals. So now mm. he has 46 goals for the French team. Only, yeah. f- only five off the record, uh, which would be 52 Thierry Henry currently holds the record for the French national team with 51 yeah. goals. So I feel like you'd be playing with, with an extra chip on his shoulder, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so as I said, if Deschamps decides to play him, I really feel like he could he could have a, a good tournament, you know? Mm-hmm. He could have a good tournament. And as far as the play of the tour- as far as the play of the tournament goes, who do you think is gonna take that one? Play of the tournament. Yeah. Whew. Um, would it be too far? Would it be too far to say Kai Havertz? <laughs> that's that's actually crazy because that's what actually I have as my favorite. That to be fair. Have? <laughs> yeah, oh, I, I, I watched the the the, the Latvia Germany game the other day, and he was he just Bad. so smooth on the ball. Bad. Honestly, moving he, into the box, getting on the end of um. I'll tell you this, man. To finish. I'll tell you this. For years to come, he's going to be Germans go to Germany's go-to man. Mm. I'm a huge, huge fan of Kai Havertz, so I definitely think he's going to be my player of the tournament if Germany potentially win the tournament or go at least to the semi-finals. And another shout for me would be Bernardo Silva as well really? for, Portugal, for Portugal. Yes, you think you, you think he's going to start? Yes, he will. He definitely has. He, ha- he he has to start. He has to start. Who would start over him? So, what, what, they play a uh, just a four, 
I mean, whatever, back. whatever formation they play, because I think I think they could play um, a four back right and then play a, a four, so a four four two diamond basically, mm. and, and just have them in that in that attacking mid spot. Right. So what I think what I think would be best for Portugal would be. Would you not play. have Bruno there? So listen, so listen, so what I'll do if I was Portugal, yeah, I'll play um, Felix and Ronaldo as the two strikers, yeah, and then I'll play Bernardo. Um, in in the attacking mid role, false nine role, kind of like, and then I'd have Bruno Renato Sanchez in the middle, and then like William Carvalho or Ruben Neves just holding the mid, if that makes sense. Or if we could revert to a four two three, I feel like Bernardo could just simply play on the wing, which which he's very much comfortable with. So yeah, you, man. You you wouldn't so for in that four three three, you wouldn't have say Andre Andre Silva. Down the middle and, and Ronaldo and Yota on the wings. You wouldn't do that. Ronaldo can't play on the wing anymore. He's nah. That's not gonna work. That's not gonna mm. work. Ronaldo, he's gonna want to play as a striker anyway. You know, you know Ronaldo. He's, yeah. he, he wants to be the main man. Uh, the main man. So yeah, as I said, for me, my top two will be Kai Havertz and Bernardo Silva. Who, who are you going? Who are you who are you going with? Out of those two. Yeah, I mean, no, I mean, as you said, you said Kai Havertz. For my, for my Kai Havertz, um, yeah. I'm probably go real basic right here, but just Mbappe. Mbappe, yeah, I feel like yeah. that's, a, that's a fair shout. Mm-hmm. That's a fair shout. And, you know, another team we haven't really talked about, man, England. England, boy. Let's, let's talk about England and our expectations of them this, this, this summer. What are, you, what are you expecting from them? Um... I expect them to make it to at least the semifinal. Anything, okay. anything. I don't. I have no clue beyond that. But okay. I know. I know. I'm pretty sure you heard the reports about um, Southgate testing out that 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 three back with Shaw as mm-hmm. a center back as well. I'm a, I'm actually a fan of that, by the way. Really? Yes, I'm a fan of that. I feel like if you could play Shaw, um, Stones. And Ben White in that back three, you could you have. Wouldn't put, you wouldn't put Kyle Walker in, the, in another center back spot. I mean, you could do that as well. You can see mm-hmm. that works as well. And then, or you could just play him as a wing back. Whatever. I see. You see, that's the thing with England. They have so many options, man. Yeah. They have so many options. So it's 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 going to be interesting to see what Southgate decides to go with. But um. I think. So let me let me ask you this: full full, everyone's fit for England. Mm-hmm. What, what's your formation in starting eleven? My starting eleven, everyone's fit. This is this mine or what I think Southgate's going to go with? Yours, yours. Right. We, mine, we could we could probably guess what Southgate's going to go with. Right. So mine would be. That's a tough question, man. So every everyone's fit, yeah. Mm, yeah, everybody's fit. Uh, everyone's fit. I'm going Kyle Walker right back. I'm going John Stone centre back with Harry Maguire, mm. and then I'm going left back has to be Luke Shaw, and then in the middle I'm gonna have um, Declan Rice holding with Mason out, and then um, or oh, I could play Rice holding by himself, Mason Mount and Jack Grealish together. <laughs> <laughs> you are reading and, my mind right now, honestly. And then on the wing, I'd have Rashford on the one wing, Kane as the striker. Then either Sancho or, or 
Foden on the on the right. So I feel like, as I said, you know, he has a lot of options to go with. Mm. So a failure in this tournament would probably see him lose his job. To be fair. Oh yeah, no doubt about that. Yeah, probably see him lose his job. But personally, I don't think England's going to win the tournament. I think, mm. I think, um, they'll probably make it to the semi final, and then that'll be. Just like the World Cup, that'll be the final hurdle that will, you know, that'll stop them. Mm-hmm. I see that. I feel that. All right. So, yeah, man. With that being said, who are your favorites to win the tournament? My favorites, uh, I would say France. Okay. Or Germany. This 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 isn't good for us because we basically agree on a lot of stuff. <laughs> really? <laughs> because oh. I think I, I think France and Germany. France and Germany as well. Fuck. Yeah, wow. I think I, th- I think I think France and Germany are the are my favorites at least because obviously there's mm-hmm. there's about five or six teams that could potentially win the tournament. But personally, at least I'm going with France and Germany. I mean mm. Portugal, Portugal as well, man, because. Since the since the twenty eighteen World Cup, they've only lost two games out of twenty eight with a sixty one percent win rate. So, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting. That's definitely gonna that's, that's definitely I'm definitely gonna watch every every game in that group. Right, right, and France as well, man, because France haven't lost a game with Pogba and Kante starting okay. together. Midfield, yeah, it's, isn't that nuts? They just better hope none of them get injured. Right, so. right. So I mean. Nah, you have to pick someone else, man. You can't pick the same what thing. You, what you, <laughs> you asked me. You asked me. You, you could have brought out your favorites first. Um, If I was to pick a third, I would say Belgium. I think I, I can't I can't agree with Belgium at all. Really? Just because of their defense? Yeah, yeah. Dude. Really? It's, it's just nuts. I feel like the mentality is not there. The desire to win is not there. You, you remember, like the twenty eighteen World Cup. At least it was it was just a different vibe around the Belgium team. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then now it's just like I've watched a couple of the friendlies building up to the tournament, and it just hasn't been convincing at all. So for me, I mean, it you just... still got to think about it. They still have uh, Courtois in the net Which... with the season he had in in the league. He might be able to save. If they make any mistakes in that back, he might be able to save at least a couple. I'm not saying he's gonna he's gonna be the one to lead them to the to the trophy, but I, I mean honestly, Belgium for me personally, that's a no no. Mm. Um, but I mean, as I said, anything can happen. You know, there's about five oh, or six yeah. teams, about five or six teams that could really potentially cause a lot of trouble and eventually win the tournament. Uh-huh. So yeah, man. I guess that's enough on the Euros for now. Uh, we'll definitely be back as the tournament progresses and, you know, be talking a bit more about that. So let's just finish off for today with the transfer rumours, um, who you think is going to go where. And so, so far, like, there have been a couple of signings already. You know what I'm this, saying? This, this this is definitely my favourite part of the year, honestly. The, you know what I'm saying? It's a lot of drama. Yeah. It's a lot of drama. Um. So yeah, man, talk talk to us a bit more about what's been going on in the transfer market so far. Um, before we get to the rumors, I want to go through the some of the transfers that have gone through. So one that I was surprised to see go through so early was um, 
Ibrahim Kanate to Liverpool. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for them, that is that is an amazing signing. Yeah, I think that's a huge signing as well. Oh, yeah, definitely. I feel like that that signing is a better signing than Upamakano to uh, Bayern. To Bayern. Mm-hmm. So, for those who don't know, guys, Ibrahim Kanate from Leipzig just signed for Liverpool for $36 million, which is, I feel like, a very good price, considering Dio Upamakano went to Bayern from Leipzig as well for $38 million, about the same age, same type of player, but I feel like Kanate is definitely a better player, so I, I definitely have to agree with you on that one. I think that's a big signing for Liverpool. And that six foot four Ibrahim Kanate back there with Van Dyke. That's yeah. just that's I feel that's I feel like that's more fearsome than Van Dyke and Gomez back there. And they could and with and with him as an addition, they can definitely try and switch to a three back at times. Especially that's the it. way the way Robertson and Trent like to get up. So there's not as much defensive responsibility for trying to special. See, if I was Klopp, that's exactly what I would do, man. I'd play Robertson wing back, Trent wing back, and then just have Gomez, Van Dijk, and, and Kanate sitting in the back three, man. You know what I'm saying? So what, H- Henderson and who in the middle? Would you still keep Henderson and Fabinho back there? Yeah, exactly. Henderson and Fabinho in the... <laughs> or Thiago in the middle. You know what I'm saying? Liverpool has... Yeah. Liverpool has a good team, man. You guys... Be wary of Liverpool coming back to win the title next season because I feel like they're definitely going to be causing a lot of a lot of trouble, mm. considering the kind of season they've had this year as well. Try looking definitely. to bounce, looking to bounce back. Definitely want to bounce back. Right, and leaving Anfield this season just today. Actually, Jorginho Vinaldum just got snapped up by PSG on a free transfer. That's a very good deal for PSG, especially okay. considering the midfield that they have. So, personally, I'm not a really big fan of that deal because the mid the PSG midfield averages the, the average age is about 27, 28. Mm. And I feel like they need someone with energy in that midfield. Obviously, Vinaldum definitely you know, gives that energy, very hardworking player. But at the same time, He's, I think, 31 this year. And he's just signed a three-year contract till 2024 with PSG. Mm-hmm. So for a, a club of PSG size and what they want to do in Europe, I don't feel... I feel like that's a backward signing, to be fair. Really? Definitely do think that's a backward signing. I feel like Barcelona could have used Vinaldum a bit more. They in terms could of, have. In terms, but... of, in terms of someone with experience, you know what I'm saying? If... And then the fact that De Jong, who's played with Vinaldum at international level, mm. would would have gelled well with with Jorginho in the middle. But you know, who knows what PSG are thinking at this point? You know, yeah. at least the, the only the only positive for them would be the fact that it's on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. No money, not a lot of money spent, but they still gave him a big right. Exactly, exactly. So you know, it's. It's a lot of interesting signings. And then one other signing who I think is going to go under the radar for most people who don't really know him is Emiliano Bundia. Signing, mm. for, signing for £30 million pounds going to Aston Villa from Norwich City. I think that's a massive, massive signing and a sign of intent from Aston Villa. Hopefully, if they're able to keep Jack Grealish... And and have Bundy and Jack Grealish playing on either flanks with what with Watkins playing through the middle. I think, I think they could score a bunch of goals this coming season, man. 
That is a big signing, big signing, mm-hmm. especially with the midfield that they currently have with um, John McGinn and depending on I, – I don't, I don't think they're going to keep Ross Barkley from Chelsea. I think they'll let him go back. Um, right. We've got Douglas Louise. Douglas Louise as well. That, that's a solid midfield that they're building. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that. And talking about Barcelona, so you guys have signed Aguero on a free mm. from City. Eric Garcia on free from City. And then another good signing, I feel like, Emerson Real from Real Betis for $7.8 million. I think that's that's definitely that's, that's a good start. That's only the... a good start. Emerson, I feel like that'll, that him and Des competing for that right-back spot. Two things. It means both of them will have competition for each other, so they'll both try and be at the top of the game. And... That also means Oscar Mingesa and Sergio Roberto will no longer. I I pray they'll no longer be playing in that fullback position, because I do I'd never want to see those two in that position ever again. No, I, I hear you, I hear you on that, man. I hear you. And then looking at Barcelona's rivals, um, in Madrid they've just signed David Alaba from Bayern on a free transfer. Mm-hmm. What are you What are your thoughts on that one, real quick? That's big. That's big for them. Um. Especially with not knowing if Sergio Ramos is going to extend his contract, mm-hmm. um, he can play multiple positions. So he can play in that center back position with Varane, um, that left back position, switching off with Mendy and Marcelo if he stays or even plays. Um, and then he can also play in that uh, deep line uh, midfield role along with Modric or along with uh, Casemiro. If right. They want to put two holdings back there. So definitely, it definitely brings a lot of options for Madrid in signing a mm-hmm. playoff of Alibus, you know, caliber. Um, yeah, man. So I think I think Madrid, are, you know, I think a pos- a position they definitely need to strengthen is in midfield as well. Yeah. Because Cruz and Modric above the thirties, I I think they definitely need uh, a younger midfielder. You know what yeah, I'm saying? He's still there as well, but they refuse to play him. So he's he's like 29 now. So you know, yeah. that's, that's kind of dead. <laughs> that's kind of dead. And finishing off today's you know transfer rumors and transfer talk, we're gonna talk about the all important or I guess transfer saga that's been going on for about five years now, actually. In 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 Jadon Sancho to Man United. <laughs> That's one. That's one thing United are good at. They're good at dragging transfer stories. Dude, the same thing with Bruno Fernandez. So it's unreal. I'm not surprised. Reason I don't see the reason why it ever takes us so long to complete these deals. Mm-hmm. But um, do you think it's gonna happen? And if it happens, do you think it's? Do, do you think? Do you think it's a good signing for United? It's a. I wouldn't say it's an amazing signing. It's a good signing for them, and I, it's, I, it's, it's, I feel like it has no reason that it what, wouldn't work out. What do you, What them. do you mean? What do you mean? It's not an amazing signing. I feel like you need players in different positions um, more urgently than you do on the wings. So but, I would I would say you need a holding. You need a, another holding midfielder more than you need another winger, and you probably hmm. need another striker more than you need another winger. So, and so don't, it's it's a, it's a great signing, but I don't think it's what you need. Twenty one years old, sixty seven million, or at least that's the that's the first bid that was rejected. So basically, mm-hmm. 
Dortmund are asking for 85 million. 85 million, yeah. And for the 21-year-olds, English international, I think that's 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 a team that's like a team changing like signing honestly for us because what I see in him, yeah, is we could play him at as a 10 with Bruno. Or when Bruno's kind of resting, or we could play him on the wing as well. So both wings. So I think it's he's a huge signing for us, mate. Because at, at the number nine, I I don't think we need a striker to be frank with you. Because we have Cavani and Greenwood and Martial as well. We could all chip in with very important goals this coming season and going forward. So I'm definitely excited about Sancho coming to United. Oh to yeah, be frank. I'm not. Yeah, you should definitely be excited about it. But if if that's the only signing you make this season of for course, this window, of course, of course. then I'm, I'm no, not sure about that. I, I definitely, I definitely agree. As you said, we definitely, need, we definitely need a centre back as well and um, mm-hmm. a defensive midfielder going forward. So, no, no doubt. You have anything else to add on today's rumors, man? Like, uh, let's. Well, in the last couple of days, yeah. Which, which you got going on? Which, which my what team, have you? My what, team has been has been linked with a with a. That's not that's not that's not a certain a certain Norwegian. That's not gonna happen. What do you mean? I'll tell you that right now. If if Fabrizio Romano reports that, I'm believing it. It's not gonna happen. So, well, we're gonna talk about it though, because this could this could in some way affect your transfer with Jaden Sancho, because as we know, they don't want to get rid of Sancho and Holland in the same window. Definitely. Definitely. So if you guys keep stalling on Sancho's transfer. And we mm-hmm. just get that Holland transfer through. They might, I don't know, they might hold out on you guys, or maybe so, not, or maybe turn down the uh, transfer uh, t- completely. Okay, go on, go on. So what the what the rumors are that um, Dortmund want one hundred and seventy million, mm-hmm. and what obviously on the side of Chelsea, we know that Tammy Abraham's trying to get out the window. Uh-huh. Uh, so, <laughs> you laughing at me. Go on, because personally, oh. honestly, it's nothing against Chelsea at all. I mm. just, I generally just don't think Holland's going to leave this summer. Next summer, yes, I definitely, I could see so that next summer. That's the thing. Chelsea um, are either wanting to get the deal done this window and have them come next window, or just get the deal done this window and have them come this window. Interesting so stuff, it's, man. So, it's either or, yeah. So what the transfer could be is, I think they said, a hundred and twenty in cash, mm-hmm. and then Tammy Abram and who value for forty mil, or I think the other one was like sixty something in cash, and then Callum Hudson Odoi and Tammy Abram, which could help you guys mm-hmm. since they would be able to let Jaden Sancho go for since they would be getting Callum. Okay. And honestly, I don't, I don't mind either of those transfers at all. Okay, okay. But personally, as I said, nothing against you, nothing against your club. But I generally 100% can assure our listeners that Erling Braut Haaland will not be going to Chelsea this season. I can assure you You can, you can assure. Don't get get mad because my club can get transfers done like that. You you wait three years to get your transfers done. As I I said, mate, it's nothing against your club, but I I, I just don't see it happening. I think I, th- I think if if it were to happen, it would be a very good signing for Chelsea. But I don't mm. see it happening, to be honest. Yeah, and I, I don't see the need for Holland and Chelsea anyway, to be honest. So you don't see the know. need for Holland? No, I don't. Uh, uh, you you don't see the need for a, a, a 
all in out goal scorer. I think Werner and Kai Havertz will will take care of that business nah. going going into next season. I, wa- I, I, I wanted to give Werner another season, but especially in that Champions League final, he did, he just let me down too much, honestly. Yeah. So yeah, man. I guess as I said, this is the most you know exciting period of the year for most football mm. fans. So it's definitely going to be something to look at and keep our eye on going forward. Um, so man, yeah, without further ado, thank you for listening and tuning in today on the One Touch podcast. As said before, guys, be sure to like, comment, subscribe, and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at One Touch Podcast, guys. And if you have anything for us to talk about or or, or you know put out there, be sure to just tell us and we'll, we'll be we'll be able to do that. And one more thing, actually. One of our listeners actually sent these questions in earlier. I forgot to talk about them. Mm. So, very simple questions, actually. He said, and I'm going to ask you, Jerry, um, can England beat Croatia in the first group game? Yeah, I don't... Ooh! I was going to say, I don't see why not. But the thing <laughs> is, in, 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 their, in their friendlies leading up to the tournament, England did not play with their their strongest squad nor did I do I think they played with the formation they were going to play with in the tournament and they've definitely so they, got some, they, they've they, definitely got some PTSD from 2018 yeah they, they, <laughs> they, they got they got a little rust to get off so I can see that I wouldn't be surprised if England lost that or it ended in a draw what's what's your prediction for that game I would probably see a, a, a 2 2 I like that I'm gonna mm-hmm. go I'm gonna go 2 1 England um, and then the second question is, will Turkey lose at home without scoring? Turkey lose at home without scoring? Yeah, because they're playing a bunch of their games in Turkey with Turkish fans in the stadium. So that's going to be something to look at. Uh, I I don't think so. Okay. There for, oh, yeah, they got that, that open, the opening games against Italy. Right. Um, I think they're, 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 too, they're too excited. Especially with it being in Turkey, yeah. I don't know. I feel like they'll be too excited. Their fans will be, especially with the fans being in the stadium. I don't. I think they'll be too up and at it to. Even if they go down, they'll probably gonna be able to get a goal back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. I think that's fair. And then the last question of the day is Germany versus France. (laughs) Who who will win? And if it if if it ends in a draw, will there be goals in the mix? There will definitely be goals in the mix. Okay. Both teams? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Let, neither of them have the top, top defense. Mm-hmm. Kempembe has improved a lot this season. Um, I, I think he's a top center back now, yeah. I, I wouldn't say top. I would say top. He's, 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 if you're looking at like the Van Dykes, he's probably a level under that. Definitely. Um, but there's just so much firepower in both of those teams. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't see there not being goals. It's going to be hot, man. So give us a prediction, give us a prediction. I'm saying a 3-2 or 3-3 draw, 3-2 to France. 3-2 to France? Yeah. I like that, I like that. I'll say, I'll say like Mbappe getting two and then uh, maybe Mbappe getting one, Drew and Dembele coming off the bench and each getting one. Interesting. I'm gonna go with two two. I'm gonna go two two. 
I think that's a fair that's a fair scoreline. If not two two, it's going to be two on the France. I think France would definitely not lose that game though. Yeah. But at the same time, I think Germany definitely have a lot to prove. You know. So yeah. Um. So yeah, guys. Uh, that's it for today. And yeah, be sure to tune into our next episode in the next couple couple of weeks. Um. Yeah. Thanks, Jay, for joining me today as always. And uh, sure, always a pleasure. Have a go on, my boy. See ya. All right.